0: The Sporting Dog Adventures podcast is proudly brought to you by Soggy Acres Retrievers. Remember, everyone deserves a soggy dog. Welcome to the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. I have, I think, a pretty good podcast for today. A lot of times when I am looking at my podcasts, I will use stuff that is brought up that I think, wow, that's something we should talk about. So today our main topic is going to be, should I have a litter of puppies with my female? Our training tip will be teaching a puppy how to sit. And our hunting tip is going to be patterning your shotgun. Should be a really good podcast, so let's get right into it with having a litter of puppies with your female. This is something that having stud dogs, I get contacted quite often about. and. We have standards that are pretty normal in the industry, which is that you need OFA or Orthopedic Foundation of Animals clearances on the dog's hips, elbows, and eyes. Reason being, those are the main issues that can affect a a puppy if the parents aren't cleared for that. There are a lot of other tests that you can do. Um, All of our dogs are EIC, Exercise Induced Collapse, and CNM, Canine Neuromyopathy, Clear, which means genetically they've been tested or their parents were tested and cleared long ago. And they do not throw this genetic trait. There are plenty of other ones to do. I don't personally do more than that because I try to stick with what is the, I guess, hot topic for the Labrador Retriever breed, in particular field lines. When it comes to field lines, your hips and your eyes are the big tests. elbows. We could argue that in field lines, you do not see elbow dysplasia quite often. Um, I personally have not had an issue with it in our lines, even though we guarantee for it. And we do not check our females for it just because it's just something that we haven't seen. But at the same time, we require that for any females that we're going to breed because they... Normally, when people are breeding dogs, they aren't of a pure field line breed. They're sometimes bench, which is like a show dog, or they're just dogs without uh, any any competition in their pedigree. So that is how we safeguard, I guess, our lines moving forward by allowing people to use our stud dogs. The interesting thing is about 80 to 90% of the calls I get are people that want to have a litter but do not have any of those clearances. And then they're shocked when we tell them that they cannot use our dogs. So, look at this from a perspective of if you're going to have a litter of puppies. If you have a litter of puppies without health clearances, you're probably going to get about half of what you normally would when you are breeding a dog. And the amount that you can get if you're selling private, oh, I wouldn't even know what that would be. You'd probably be in that $600 to $1,000 range. Uh, if you have all of your clearances, when you look at kennels like myself, people look at that and say, that's what I'm going to sell mine for. You have to realize that when people are buying from a kennel, they're buying from someone that has a reputation, hopefully a good one, and someone that has a uh, long history in that, uh, in that uh, industry that is creating their reputation. So your breeders are going to get more for a puppy than what would be considered your backyard breeder, your garage breeder. Always keep that in mind. And then when you look at using stud dogs, just using a dog because it's a Labrador Retriever is not a great choice. You want to make sure that you're using a dog that is well-known, that has titles, that has somewhere where people can go and say, wow, that's a great dog, as opposed to my neighbor Joe had a dog and I used him because, well, he's, he's a Lab too. Always look at it as the money that you spend on the front end is going to affect the money that you bring in, If potentially if you do breed the dog. With that said, when you are looking at doing genetic testing and doing hips, elbows, and eyes, you're probably looking at a $1,000 investment, which is why people don't do it. But again, more than likely you are going to keep a dog or family members are going to buy a puppy from you. You don't want to put out dogs that are unhealthy. That will be a complete nightmare. All dogs are great. We love our dogs. Surely having the reason to breed the dog is uh, because you love your dog is not necessarily a great reason. We all have great dogs. We all want to get a puppy out of our dogs in many ways. But we want to make sure we're putting out at least at the minimum healthy dogs. So that would be the first few things that you look at. AKC registered absolutely is something that needs to happen um, uh, for for the female, but that's not the end-all be-all. It used to be when I was looking for dogs, it was I have an AKC registered litter. The AKC has proven that they will accept below breed standards on several different uh, breeds and that they're more about money. It is a registry that everyone needs to be part of, but it's not the end-all be-all. You want to make sure that you have something that is going to be desirable so that your customers are going to have a great family friend and potential uh, for the dog to do whatever job that they're buying them for. Then it comes down to having your dog, and you go through the process of pregnancy. When a dog is pregnant, they need prenatal care, so you're going to be going to the vet. You're probably going to have another $1,000 wrapped into the cost of your litter of puppies, you are also looking at the potential of having a birth. And if you have something like a C-section, which would be a puppy gets stuck and you have to take the female in and have the puppies removed, you're talking another probably anywhere from two to $4,000. Never look at having a litter of puppies as what you see on someone's website with an internet site where someone is selling a litter of 10. They don't always work out that way. or so of litters will take and have successful pregnancy. I don't know what percentage end up in uh, in having small litters, in having big litters, but you want to make sure that you are putting yourself in a position so that you are having a good healthy litter and you're going to do your prenatal stuff. So when looking at that, you're now $2,000 in before you even have a puppy born. Next, you're going to want to have a nice warm place for the pups. We have a kennel uh, that is just for our puppies. It's got septic. It's got heat. It's got air conditioning. We keep the temperature at 78 degrees for the first week, then drop it down to about 74, and ultimately keep it at about 72. Your heating bill is going to be higher, so again, factor that in. The other thing is, if you are having them in your house, it is quite the smelly prospect. The mom- cleans up after the puppies, during birth as well as when the puppies are older, which I guess the easiest or nicest way to say it would be you're going to have gastric issues. Uh, in my kennel, we call it the shitastrophe. If you have that in your house, you are going to rue the day that you, uh, that you have a litter of pups. Mama dogs do the best they can, but when they're cleaning up after 8 or 10 puppies, it will greatly affect their need to go out. So you either need to be Johnny on the spot where you're letting the dog out or have them in an area that's easily cleanable or have them in an area that has access to the outside. We also want to make sure that our heat is consistent at a certain level and that you have a whelping box. I've seen more people do litters of puppies in waiting pools and it is dangerous for the puppy because the pups will get laid on and they will get smushed. When you build your whelping box... uh, lab whelping box is 48 by 48 inches you have something called a box around it with pig rails the rails are so the puppies can crawl to the outside and lay against the outside wall and the mom won't crush them we also have heat lamps in there but again everything is set up for the safety of the parents or the safety of the puppies because moms with 10 puppies will be exhausted they'll lay down and I think it's somewhere in the neighborhood like 80% of puppies that die after they're born alive are because the mother lays on them. Again, they don't mean to do it. They're animals. They're exhausted. There's a lot going on. But that is the other thing you need to, you need to uh, I guess, get yourself ready for is nature is very cruel. You can have many, many tragedies happen that will greatly affect your thoughts on having a litter. These are all things that you need to take into consideration before you even get to the point where you're going to sell them and send them home. When you are sending them home, you want to make sure they go to good homes because you never want to see one of your puppies uh, end up in an abusive uh, situation or end up where they're uh, in, a, in a rescue. And you want to make sure that you're doing all your health clearances, you're getting claws removed, you are getting the first set of shots, you're treating them for parasites, there are so many pitfalls that go into having a litter i'm not telling you not to have a litter but just giving you the reality again we have people that contact us with male dogs they bought from our kennel and it's always the same thing i have a great dog my dog is wonderful my dog is great in the field i bought my dog from you will you use my dog for a stud dog and my question is always well what titles do you have on dogs Ultimately, they don't have any titles in their dogs, so we don't use them because, again, we're using proven dogs. Dogs that have a master title, a finished title, you're talking about a dog, if it's with a pro, has had fifteen dollars to $20,000 put into it. So it's not just a great dog, but it's a great proven dog that shows that it has all the talent that you would want in your lines. Keep that in mind when you're looking for uh, your stud dog. Keep all of the past in mind here when you're looking at possibly doing a litter dog breeding is incredibly rewarding but it is also incredibly heartbreaking i guess would be the best way to put it it's taken my wife kate uh, years to get used to the ups and downs the highs and lows of it and she still says that she would never have a litter of puppies uh, if it if it wasn't something i did uh just because she hates seeing the tragedy of it all because you do have times that pups will perish or that you have health issues with a mom or you have problems with pregnancies. There are so many negative things that you don't want to deal with that you have to be on top of. And if you weren't on top of them, they would be that much worse. So I hope that helps you when you look at possibly having a litter with your own female. And again, there are Plenty of places to look for resources. The number one thing you want to do if you're going to is get a good reproduction vet so that they can help you and they can walk you along the way. So stay tuned for our next part of our show, which is going to be teaching a puppy how to sit after this. This part of the podcast is brought to you proudly by Neck Outdoors. Welcome back to the training tip today. We're going to talk about teaching your little puppy how to sit Let's face it puppies are food motivated so we can use that against them or we can use that With them so that we can teach them commands Teaching the sit command is a fairly easy thing to do with a pup. I will have a piece of food I do not use treats. I use just their kibble uh, because then it's calorically uh, controlled. I'm not giving them too many calories It's also uh, something that is, because I've picked a good food, it is something that is healthy for them. And they think it's a treat nonetheless because Labrador Retriever puppies love food. I will hold said food in my hand, have my hand closed. I will put my hand down by them and I will let them eat the treat out of my hand. Then I will hold the piece of food between my index finger and my thumb. I will let the puppy see that I have it. They're excited. I am leaning it back up over the puppy. The puppy is trying to stand up. The puppy is trying to grab the food. I will take it straight back over them until they fall on their butts. When they fall on their butts, I tell them, sit, and I give them the treat. I do this for a few days. Again, every time that their butt hits the ground, I tell them, sit, and give them the treat. And After about three days, invariably, you've got a puppy that is going to come and sit next to you because they think you are the magic food person. It is something that I work with for a few weeks on a command, teaching them sit until they're sitting on command. And then about every other time that they're sitting, I give them a lot of love, scruff them, tell them good dog, I have good voice inflection, good body language, and replace praise for the food treat until you get to the point where you're using all praise. Again, you want to reward the puppy We start with food because that's the easiest way to reward them, but we end up using praise because that is going to translate into our further training uh, once they get older. So I hope that helps you with today's training tip, teaching a little puppy to sit. Next, we're going to talk about our hunting tip, which is patterning your shotgun. All that and more after this. This portion of the podcast is proudly brought to you by Boucher Automotive in Janesville, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. We are going to talk about a hunting tip for the day, and that hunting tip is patterning your shotgun. I had a national TV show called Sporting Dog Adventures that many know uh, that was on for nine years. One of the companies that we got to work with was Heavy Shot. Great ammo. It is honestly still all that I shoot. They are a wonderful company. Good people. I was tasked with creating a commercial for them, a 30-second commercial, and they Phrase was more shots or more pellets on target. So I thought this is easy. We're going to just go out with a shotgun. We are going to shoot at a target that when it's hit goes from orange to like a fluorescent green. We'll keep it tight uh, as far as the the, uh, camera angle on it so that it can pick that up when it's hit. And it'll be wonderful. We'll show more shots on target. We actually had to shoot half of a box of shells Of at the time black cloud, so that we could get it to actually pattern where it was at least remotely remotely plausible by camera. I had more times when my kids were laughing at me because I would shoot and I would shoot and it would hit to the right and then it would hit to the left. It was so inconsistent. I ultimately remember the last shot that I had, I shot at the bottom left corner of the target so that I could get what was a somewhat acceptable pattern that we could use for the video on the TV show. I believe I also took my choke out so that I didn't even have a choke in because when I had the choke in, it was just crazy how bad that shot shell patterned out of my gun. At the time, I was shooting a... Um, I was shooting a uh, Browning A5. Uh, I had just the factory chokes in them. Probably not the best taking out the choke and shooting without a choke at all, but that is what I had to do to get it so that it would pattern and so that we would have something we could use for the commercial we created. We made it out like we used same distance, same choke, But we didn't because that shot shell patterned so terribly out of my shotgun. Everyone needs to pattern their gun. You need to use the shells that you're going to shoot with and do it before season. I was never a believer in this. I was always the person that said a shell is a shell is a shell. That opened my eyes and it's something that I do now if I'm ever going to switch ammo or if I get a new gun. To date... The heavy shot that I use patterns wonderfully, and I haven't had an issue. But it is something that I will always do because I want to be successful in the field. So I hope that helps on today's training tip. We had a great show. We had some wonderful topics. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can, when you're on whatever platform you're on, share our show. Give us a rating. Give us a thumbs up. Whatever your platform calls for, help our show grow by spreading it throughout the dog community. Thank you so much, and have a great day. God bless. Sporting dog adventures, run, boy, run. Everything you need is here under the sun. Everything you need is here under the sun.